Hello, everyone. Cheryl A. on my watch podcast. Today, I thought it was a good time to come back and talk to you about what's happening in Palestine and what's happening in the world. It's a momentous day, actually. The court, the International Court of Justice, today, the 11th of January 2024, is hearing the case against Israel that was brought to the court by South Africa. It really is a historical and important day for Israel, and hopefully they will be charged uh, with war crimes. Uh, really interesting, and a couple of things I need to clarify. Um, I think my reference to the court last time was that it was the ICC. It's actually not. It's the International Court of Justice. So I got that mixed up, as did a few other people. So the ICC is the International Criminal Court. Uh, a similar court, yet it deals with individuals that have committed um, war crimes or crimes against humanity. The International Court of Justice actually is a place where the hearings occur against state, country or a group of people. So that's the difference and that's why we're here in, in the International Court of Justice. Really interestingly, there's 15 judges, one of which is Australian, which I found to be quite interesting, and another one Lebanese because, as you know, that's where my family are from. But there is an American judge as well. There's a few countries there, as I said, and you can look them up. But it's interesting to see. Uh, it's more robust and dynamic panel than I imagined it to be, which is great. It's not just full of Western countries because we know how they're feeling. Do you know that so many countries have backed South Africa in this case, but not Australia? Anthony Albanese, Penny Wong, shame on you. Shame, shame on you. I really feel that... Anthony Albanese is just a puppet at the moment to the United States of America. He can't make a move on international policy without checking with the United States, and that has been hugely disappointing, not just to me, but I imagine to many of us in Australia. Here we are. This is such a historical moment, and here we are silent. Australia is silent in what's happening in the world. It really, it just is very shameful, I think. And just know this, Anthony Albanese and Penny Wong, because I'm sure they're listening, you do not represent me and many others on this case. And shame on you, Anthony Albanese, you once marched with the Palestinian people and called for freedom. How short is your memory? But anyway... Back to the International Court of Justice, it really is such an important time. I'm just going to play you this tiny segment that comes from the South African Justice Minister, Roland Lambola, and it's very telling and it sets the mood of the case that South Africa has. And the destruction in Palestine and Israel did not begin on the 7th of October 2023. The Palestinians have experienced systematic oppression and violence for the last 76 years. A lot of the evidence that is being presented to the court is interestingly come from social media, from the live streaming on Instagram, the IDF terrorist group who have that TikTok channel that are out there promoting what they think is promoting themselves, the propaganda channel. But what they haven't realised is those videos are a documentation of the war crimes those soldiers are committing. And a lot of those videos have been used or are going to be used as evidence in this court. 
I saw a particularly bad one today where a group of IDF terrorists had taken over a Palestinian household and were cooking in their kitchen. And they were cooking food, dancing, eating, and really throwing it in the face of what is happening in Gaza. Firstly, they probably murdered the family that were living there. And secondly, whilst the Gazans and the Palestinians are starving, they have no water, they have no food, these people think it's appropriate to film themselves eating in a Palestinian kitchen. I mean, it's beyond words, but now I've really taken a a very different attitude to these videos, which I find so repulsive, as I'm sure you do. But now these videos are being used against them and hopefully to be committed for a war crime. Now, where this goes, nobody knows because of, you know, how unprecedented it is. So there's two problems here. I think the first intention for South Africa's case against Israel is to stop the war now, to stop the violence against Gaza now, to stop the murder of women, children and men now. So there will be a call for an instant ceasefire. Now, whether they adhere to this or not, I don't know. But if that is what comes out of it, there will be a lot of international pressure to actually stop the carnage. The timeline there, people are saying, are two to three weeks. So the hearings are the 11th and 12th of January. And we're really hoping to get some kind of response from the judges in the next week or two. The other case brought against Israel is genocide. That's going to take a lot longer. That'll take a lot longer for the court to decide whether Israel has committed genocide or not. That is the prediction, whereas coming from my position and and clearly coming from yours, I'm sure, you would think that that wouldn't take so long with all the video evidence that we've seen from all the live streaming that those um, journalists have delivered to us. Uh, Hopefully that'll be sooner than what we think as well. I want to touch on too that whilst this case is going on, it has not stopped Israel from committing these atrocities. They are still in Gaza. The violence in the West Bank continues. They're still bombing South Lebanon. So while they are being held to account, they are still murdering and committing atrocities in Palestine. And we really need to remember that. I saw um, somebody on Twitter say it's a bit like having a murderer in court being charged with murder, but meanwhile he's still out there murdering people as he goes along. This is exactly what's happening with Israel at the moment. And as I said, it's a really momentous day in history and we should all be watching and we should all be listening. These are a couple of reasons, and I'm sure you know these, of why it is so important that there is a hearing, why it is so important that South Africa has done this for all of us, is one Palestinian in Gaza is killed every four minutes. An estimated 1,000 children have lost one or both legs. And remember that these kids have been operated on with virtually no pain relief. Just imagine the horror of that. You don't have a leg or a foot, an arm, fingers, and it has to be sewn up while you're awake. Just remember that horror. 85% of the population have been displaced. Most people in Gaza now, as I said earlier, are now starving. 
Experts are predicting that more Palestinians in Gaza may die from disease and starvation than bombing. Israel has destroyed entire family bloodlines and neighbourhoods. So this is the argument at the ICJ. And goodness knows if South Africa can't or the court can't stop Israel, then there will be a real sense of, of hopelessness, I would imagine, globally. Another thing I want to talk about today is the murder of journalists. That is such a horror and it continues. Almost every single day a journalist has been murdered. What I don't understand about this is this has been happening since day one. It has been happening since the first week of the conflict where Israel has wanted to silence journalists. They are murdering people on the ground and they're usually Palestinian or Lebanese, mostly Palestinian. They are not just murdering the journalists themselves, targeted murdering. They've got direct missiles. They know through all their surveillance how to get to people and they target not just the journalists but the journalists' families as well. There's one particular journalist and he's actually an Al Jazeera correspondent, a Palestinian who lives in Gaza. His name is Wale Dahdul, and you might recognise him if you see him, an incredible man, a hero. He should be awarded every every award there is, including some kind of peace award. But from day one, they have targeted his family. They have killed almost every single member of his family, and the other day they killed his son, who is also a journalist, and his son was with another journalist friend in the car and they targeted that car and they murdered them. Sometimes I keep a tally on my Instagram of how many journalists are murdered and a couple of days ago I wrote Israel has murdered 109 journalists in 92 days. Well, that number the very next day was no longer accurate. I think now we're up to 111, 112 murdered journalists. I'm constantly astounded at the lack of support that Western journalists have for for their counterparts. It is absolutely mind-boggling. I read again in the New York Times that, so remember, Israel won't let any international media go into Palestine, Gaza, the West Bank. So there's no nobody there that can report on the ground. So if you're in social media, you're seeing those journalists that I'm seeing, those wonderful Palestinian journalists who are reporting and streaming live in Gaza. And they're the ones being murdered as well. Now, the other journalists, the Western journalists, I mean, astounding that they only get to go in if it's a propaganda tour that the IDF takes them on. And can you believe it? The other day, the New York Times was escorted, again, IDF propaganda tour taken in, supervised completely by the IDF into Gaza, and they reported on what they saw with the IDF soldiers, terrorist soldiers. Can you believe that? I mean, I guess you're going to accept that tour because there's nothing else that you can do. You're not allowed in there anyway as a Western journalist. They don't even talk about why it is that Israel will not have international journalists there. 
it's mind-boggling to me why they haven't broken news about what is it that Israel is trying to hide. Well, we actually know. People like you and I know because we're following it on social media. But the New York Times, Washington Post, Sydney Morning Herald, I mean the Sydney Morning Herald, what a joke that's been, ABC, all of those channels, all of those mastheads, I mean they're, one, disinterested, two, they're being gagged, and three, because... I mean, even the journalists at the ABC, I mean, they're being gagged. If you are a person of colour or have some kind of diverse background, you're not even allowed to write about what's happening in Palestine at the moment. It's kind of outrageous. But anyway, that's where we've gotten to and it's been very telling. And I've got to say, I used to be a subscriber to the New York Times. I cancelled my subscription weeks ago now. But honestly, it's almost fake news. They are so removed from what's happening in the conflict. They're either being gagged or they don't care or they're not allowed in and they don't know how to get their information. And, you know, I don't know, you work it out. Anyway, that's it for me today. I would like to end just with this quote that I think is more appropriate than ever. It's a momentous quote, I think, for a momentous period in time, particularly today, the 11th of January. This is a quote from Nelson Mandela. We know too well that our freedom is incomplete without the freedom of the Palestinians. Go in peace.